as he had said, and the, and, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, and Sarah bore to him Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the, on the same day that Isaac was weaned. Okay. God took note of Sarah and did what he promised. God is faithful to his word, in contrast perhaps with Abraham, and faithful to his word in a dramatic and amazing way. After all these years of hopelessness and barrenness, Sarah conceives and bears a son to Abraham in his old age, just like the Lord had said. You know, you can trust the Lord even when he says things that seem to be impossible. And uh, they call the, the son Isaac. Uh, he's circumcised. And, uh, of course, they call him Isaac because everyone who hears will Isaac with him, will laugh with him. Isaac meaning laughter. And uh, what a joyous occasion this would have been. Uh, and the child grows up. is uh, weaned and so forth. So just, uh, you know, when it looked like there's, God's just not going to be able to fulfill this promise, Sarah ends up with a son. Comments and questions about that? Do you know if the take note of in verse 1 is the same as the remember, like when then God remembered Noah? I don't know. Other thoughts? Sarah ends up laughing again. Yes. This time uh, with joy and not disbelief. Uh, can you imagine what you'd have felt? I mean, it's hard to imagine getting to be 90 and 100, period. <laughs> Let alone never being able to have children and suddenly having one at that age. I realized they lived longer back then, but not that much longer. What, uh, Abraham dies at 175 and Sarah at 137, 27, 127. I mean, even chapters ago, recognized that she was too old. Yeah. Right, exactly. Which, which again, brings up the question, why would Abimelech want her? <laughs> <laughs> She's old but pretty. I don't know. I'd, you know, maybe there would be other motives. I mean, Abraham, her brother, is a wealthy man. That's the other thing. How many people were, were with Abraham? Was it at this point there were the 70 in his clan, or, or was that even before this? You're thinking of Jacob, aren't you? When he left, well, when he left, he didn't just go by himself. When he left Haran? Yeah. He just had Sarah and Lot. Okay. He had 318 men he rounded up to fight against the coalition of kings. Okay. But I don't know that they were they necessarily, necessarily all necessarily with him. But, but when he was told to circumcise, 
everybody then. It yeah, seems it like there were lots of people. All of his servants. And just thinking of that too, when he goes to Garar, it's not just him and <coughs> right. talking. There yeah. had to have been a plot with the whole group that was with him. <laughs> Whatever it was. Nobody squeals on yeah, uh, good point. Well, this changes the dynamics of the family. And, uh, I don't know. Think if you'd been Ishmael. What happens when Isaac is born? No longer the baby. Sibling <laughs> <laughs> rivalry. Yeah, but it's no worse than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're no longer the special son that's going to inherit all these promises. And I mean, wow. You're the son of the bond slave. Suddenly, you're nobody. We've got a little baby, baby Isaac now. So you really lose out all the way around when for years you thought you were the heir and you were the only one. I think that'd be hard to take. That's, well, he was demoted just like that. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So look at what happens here. You know, kind of saying that to, to set the stage. 9 to 21. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mocking. Therefore she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac your descendants shall be named. And of the son of the maid, I will make a nation also, because he is your descendant. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him about a bowshot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness, and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So the source of one person's joy is also often the source of another person's jealousy. You know, they're rejoicing over Isaac, but whoa, this goes through Ishmael. And he's mocking. We don't really know exactly what that word means. It's not used hardly at all. So mocking or something. Uh, and, whoa, what kind of reaction does this bring from Sarah? Anger. She's angry. 
I think not only because of what Ishmael did, but what else is worrying her? That he'll get part of the inheritance. Absolutely. She doesn't want him to have any part of this. And she's worried. I mean, Abraham had a soft spot in his heart for Ishmael. And she she knows she needs them out. This is a good occasion to demand that. How does Abraham feel? He's just stressed. Why? Seems like we've been through this before. (laughs) And these are both of these children are they're both his sons. And so he's like, my wife wants me to get rid of the son, and yet I, you know, I don't want to. And yes, he loves Ishmael. Ishmael's been his only son for years. You know, he had an attachment to Ishmael. You know, he loves Isaac. This is awesome. But it didn't make him not love Ishmael and not care about him. And so he was distressed. In fact, the text says in 11, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. Now you think about how grieved he was at that. Look at 22 too. What kind of grief do you suppose he had when God says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him? You know, if he's that distressed over... You know, Sarah's, de- Sarah's demand that they, they uh, kick Ishmael out. But what does God tell Abraham to do? Listen to Sarah. Don't worry. I got it. Do you think that's ironic that God said that? <laughs> this is before it was a bad idea to listen to her. Well, he's reaping what he sowed. You know, back in 16, what was it, uh, 2, the end of it, Abraham, Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Now God tells him he's got to listen to the voice of Sarai. He listened when he shouldn't have. Now your, your mistakes come back to haunt you. So you got to listen now. But that, I mean, wow, that'd be hard. Um... But what does Abraham do when God tells him to do that? He rises early in the morning and does it. What does that tell you? That he's devoted to God. Absolutely. He doesn't put it off. If there's anything you'd have wanted to put off, it would have been that. Well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, whatever. But when you are devoted to God, when do you do it? What he says. Right then. Putting it off is really the same thing as disobeying. But it's disobedience with an excuse. Well, I'll I'll do it later. Well, what you're saying is I won't do it now. That's what you're saying. That's what you need to remember you're saying. So Abraham is like that. He'll do that later in chapter 22. You know, he'll rise up early in the morning, saddle the donkey to go sacrifice Isaac. When God tells him to do things even that are extremely difficult, he does them immediately. Really good lesson for us. And he takes uh, some bread and water, gives them to Hagar, sends them off. Wow. And, uh, well, how does Hagar feel when she gets sent off? She appears to be be somewhat depressed about this whole concept. Forgotten the last conversation with the Lord in a similar circumstance. (laughs) Last time she was driven off. Yeah, it was a number of years ago, though. Maybe 15-ish. 
Or maybe even a little more than that. How old is Ishmael at this point? So it was eight, Abraham was 86 oh, when Ishmael was born. So he was 14 when Isaac was born. I don't know how far into Isaac's life this was. He was weaned. Yeah. Probably, if it's in chronological order. So. And the, I have a note here, which I'd heard of before, that uh, at that time it wasn't uncommon to nurse a child until he was two or three. Yeah, so I think it wasn't, least, uh, you know, it wasn't six months and, and right. You know. Sometimes so he could have been 16, 17. Right. Easily. Right. So Hagar is carrying her 16, 17 year old son, then puts him down by the tree. What translation are you reading out of? Well, it says he, she puts him down by the tree and walks away, doesn't it? Well, you've got a different translation than mine. What do you What do you have? She left the boy under the tree, under the bush. Fifteen. Um, says putting them on. Wait. Fifteen. Put the water on her shoulder. Oh, okay. Never mind. The bread and the water. In verse 15, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Now, I don't know. In Alabama, they always carry people to the stores. (laughs) (laughs) They're tough down there. (laughs) So, but anyhow, yeah. And and so, Hagar's basically in despair. She's ready to die. And God speaks to her and says, What's the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear. God has heard the voice of the lad. Uh, and she, he, God shows her a well of water. The lad is able to drink. And God blesses him. You know, Ishmael receives, you know, a destiny from God as well. God was with him. He was an archer, took an Egyptian wife. Um, so, I mean, God's got a future for Ishmael. But it's not the future that Isaac will have. It's not the long-term promise that God had with Isaac. Comments and questions on this section. Hagar is also getting what kind of a turnabout because she despised Sarah when she conceived. You're right. And now it's turned on her. Don't have two wives, guys. No. <laughs> well, Hagar cries here, but the Lord hears Ishmael's yeah. cry. Yes. Too. So apparently, he he also. I guess you could say he knew how to call upon the Lord as well, in some sense. Or the Lord was sympathetic toward him, at least. <laughs> he also heard Abel's blood, so... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Lord has good earsight. <laughs> Other thoughts? It's funny that they're in the wilderness, but she manages to find a wife for him. <laughs> Maybe she found Jane or something. <laughs> Tarzan fame. Right. Although he was from Egypt. I don't know. She was Egyptian. Good to have had you guys in the study. Thank you. Thanks for your comments. And he becomes an archer, and I mean, you know, he becomes a, a, you know, successful person, I guess you'd say. You know, God looks after him, even though he's not in Isaac's position. See you in a few minutes. (laughs) Other comments or questions?
All right, well, let's do this uh, last section, 22 to 34. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Michael, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me, or with my offspring, or with my posterity, but according to the kindness that I have shown to you, you shall show to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. Abram, Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. Neither did you tell me, nor did I hear of it until today. Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. Then Abraham set, sev set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs mean which you have set by themselves? He said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand in order that it may be a witness to me that I dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, because there the two of them took an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phicol, the army of his, the commander of his army, arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. Okay. So, Abraham is in this Philistine territory, as he has been, and uh, Abimelech and his commander come to Abraham wanting what? A treaty. Yes, I think so. Kind of a long-term non-aggression treaty. Swear to me that you won't deal falsely with me or my offspring. You know, uh, kind of a, a, a peace treaty. Not that they've been at war, but that they're going to, you know, treat each other well and so forth. I think that means that Abimelech um, sees Abraham's power and his influence. And that, that he really, you know, Abraham could do him some damage. And he wants to know that Abraham will... You know, be loyal and and that they can they can live together peaceably. So Abraham swears that, but then Abraham has a complaint to Abimelech. What was that? Abimelech's servants had taken the well that he had dug. Yeah. Now, maybe that seems petty, but it wasn't petty because water is such a big issue in this area, and so having access to the well is a big thing, and. Um, you know, what's Abimelech's answer about this? I didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. Several things Abimelech doesn't seem to know uh, in this in this overall section. Uh, you know, he didn't know Sarah was Abraham's wife and so forth. But uh, he didn't know. And so they, Abraham does something maybe that seems a little unusual. He, he takes seven ewe lambs and gives them to Abimelech. Why? As a witness, it says. Yes. Uh, Abraham wants to make sure 
he has secure use of this well. He's got a clear title to it. And if Abimelech will accept the payment of the seven ewe lambs, then that becomes even a more concrete thing that it's Abraham's well. He, he's even paid Abimelech for it. And he, he, Abraham can, can then use it. Comments and questions on this section? Can they not all use it? Somebody needs to control it at least. And like it says they seized it, so maybe they just... I think, it, you know, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, uh, water is a critical element. You probably wouldn't let your enemies, you know, use your water. They controlled the hose. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And if there was a shortage of water... Especially, you wouldn't give it to your enemies. Yes. Yeah. Abraham would have first dibs on the water rights. And right. Good point. Other comments and questions on this whole section? Any significance to the type of tree that was planted? No, I don't know about this tamarisk tree. Okay. There, Why this tree? There may be some, but I don't know what it is. Is he still in Canaan? Yes. Okay. I think so. I think this would count. Is there ever another tamarisk tree in the Bible? Probably. Nobody has their uh, Bible on iPod or something. Anything else? All right, why don't we go ahead and stop here then and uh, work on this story in chapter 22 next week. Really, 22, 23, 24 are all very uh, interesting chapters I think you'll find uh, enlightening. And we don't know 23 and 24 as well. 1 so. <clears throat> Samuel 22, 6. Tree? Uh-huh. Alright, there you go. So Saul was sitting around with the tamarisk tree when you heard about David being with the priest of Nod. And then 31, <coughs> 13, they took uh, took somebody's bones, their bones, whoever they is, <laughs> buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh. What, what, what chapter is that? Uh, 31. That's Saul. But tree names are probably hard to translate. <coughs> Yes. And I don't know what a tamarisk is anyway. It grows tamaries. <laughs> so. Okay. Did you stop there with others? Oh, yeah. oh. You were a two-fisted recorder tonight. No. Yeah.